because some of the questions from the final exam will be taken also from this material. But you need to pay attention because some of what is shared also will be on the final exam. That is not in your book. <laughs> so, that being said, we shall start with Jehovah Rapha. Um, who can tell me, first off, where Jehovah Rapha is first revealed? Does anyone remember? What book of the Bible? Exodus, yeah. And what was the situation? Do you remember? Um, yeah? they. The situation was they had just come out of Egypt. And they had just gotten into the wilderness. Okay? So they had been gloriously redeemed, freed from Egypt, brought through the Red Sea, and now they are coming into a wilderness. And I think that the place that he reveals himself tells much about what he's revealing. Okay? Now, um, I want to comment and say, first off, I completely believe in healing of sickness and disease. And that the Lord is well capable and has done that in my own life many times as well as Many people, okay? But I'm going to actually get into Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals in relation to where and why he was revealing himself in a place that actually had no sickness. So I don't know if that occurred to anyone. Raise your hand if that actually occurred to you, that the Lord revealed himself as the Lord who heals in a place where there was absolutely no sickness or disease going on. Very, very interesting, okay? Um, Because it's important. He decided to reveal himself then and there as the Lord who heals. This is good news for us today, okay? (laughs) All right, um, let's see here. It was revealed in a situation of bitter waters, not in a situation of sickness or disease. Um, God led them into the wilderness, and for three days, it says in in the passage in Exodus um, 15, they had no water. Now, well, I think it's interesting. I can look around that everybody but Margareta actually has a drink on their desk, okay? So it hasn't been very long for just about everybody to have had a drink, okay? And... It's a good thing. We need drinks. We need to stay hydrated, yes? Um, And they had been three days, okay? They had been brought in by the hand of God, but they were being led by God into the wilderness and led by God without provision for three days now of water. That Most people go, well, that can't be God when they get into a circumstance like that. God wouldn't, you know, wait three days before giving me any water. Well, God was the one leading them, yes? Okay, so this is very important that we understand the scenario and everything that's going on and why God is revealing himself as the Lord who heals in this situation, okay? Um, Let's see here. And it's not just about drinking. I mean, think about this. You know, there's no bathing. You're in a desert. It's sweaty, stinky, hot. You can't even, you know, wash off your face. Uh, Your clothes definitely hadn't been washed. So everything's starting to get a little fuzzy. (laughs) A little gross, okay? And 
if you're in that kind of situation, you, you're probably not the happiest camper that you normally would be when you have all of this, you know, provision otherwise, correct? I know I, I would not be just in the best of moods, okay? But they were being led by God, okay? And this was God's hand doing this. Um, and up to this point, as a people, they were beginning to know the Lord, okay? Because before, they were they were not really a nation. They were people that had grown into this many people through Joseph's line, okay? But they were not really a nation until they were brought forth out of Egypt, okay? So God was wanting them as a people, as a unit, as a body to know him, not just as individuals any longer. And they were, they were starting to know him and he has been revealing himself so that they can know him. Um, so the Lord is working in their lives, just like he's working in our life, not to just keep us as an individual to know the Lord, but that he's working for us as a body to know him. Um, so up to that point, God was working in that direction. Um, but when the, coming to the bitter waters, who did they murmur against? When they finally got to some water and found it was bitter, who did they complain? Moses. I don't know if that makes, you know, any bells go off inside of you, but as soon as something bad happens, they turn to the earth and start dealing with things in the earth rather than relating to the Lord who is the one who has been bringing them forth. Moses couldn't have done it on his own. We all know that. He knew that, you know. But instead of even murmuring against God, they decided they were just going to, to get all in the earth and get wrapped up in it and and make it worse than it actually was. So they start going to the visible earth leader and complaining and, and moaning and griping. Um, let's see here. Just like we have things that go on in our life, we can sometimes find ourselves in predicaments. Um, whether they be with somebody, you know, where something's just rubbing you the wrong way or it's difficult or spiritual, you're going through things. Um, you can kind of start finding yourself in a wilderness where you thought you were following God and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, I don't know that I like this anymore. Um, and it starts getting hard. But the thing is, we've got to remember that God was trying to reveal himself to a people, a corporate people. And Jehovah is the first part of, just like all these names we've been studying, of Jehovah Rapha. Now, who remembers what Jehovah means? I am. Okay? Or all-sufficiency. Okay? So he is the one who has it all. Okay? He has everything in his hand. And then he's wanting to reveal himself in a particular way in relation to the Lord who heals. But they have forgotten that he is Jehovah. They go and start griping at Moses. Okay? So we need to keep all of this, I guess, as a learning tool because we find ourselves a lot of times in situations, difficult times, or with, you know, rough circumstances or things. And we need to make sure that we are turning to the Lord and remembering that he is Jehovah. He's Jehovah 
and then he's Jehovah blank. Whatever it needs to be, he is that, okay? And so we don't need to start, you know, going to so-and-so or going to so-and-so. First, we need to start setting ourselves to turn towards the Lord when there's something that needs to potentially be changed, okay? Um, So let's see here. Let's turn to Exodus 15. Exodus 15, and let's start at verse 22. Okay. Um, Josiah, you want to read? Uh, let's see here. Through verse 26. 22 to 26. Okay, so the answer then for the bitter waters was what? A tree. Now, I mean, I don't know. This is, I guess, purely speculation, but generally in a desert area, there's not a lot of trees. Okay, so it's it's kind of a miracle in itself that they had a tree even to be able to put into the waters, you know. I mean, there's just not a lot of growth like that in the desert because there's such a lack of water. But the answer was the tree. And um, like Jennifer said, a, a tree is typified, or the cross is typified by a tree. Can anyone remember another place in the scripture where the cross is actually referred to as a tree? Mm-hmm. Anyone remember anything else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Peter talks about it um, in relation to the tree, and he calls the cross the tree also. Um, let's see here. I didn't write down that scripture, but it is good in Peter. Um, let's see here. I wrote a few things, and I want to read here. The Lord is after getting something established. That's why he said um, that he was going to give them some ordinances if they hearken unto his voice, okay? The Lord is after getting something established in us by the application of the tree or the cross, okay? So the answer for them was the cross, and the answer for us in relation to knowing him as the God who heals is the cross, okay? So the answer for bitterness in us, and I don't just mean bitterness as in, you know, you've had an issue with someone, it's gone so long now that it's bitter, but anything that is not capable of being nourishing, that would be us apart from Christ. Um, That which we are not 
can be handled by the cross, okay? And that's what happened with the waters. They were able to receive the cross and then nourish an entire people and bring life to a people. And that's exactly what the cross does in us. It brings life to areas that are bitter or that are just like a a sore that won't heal. Um, Let's see here. This revelation in relation to is in relation to bitterness and not in relation to sickness. This shows his eternalness as Rapha instead of thinking of Rapha simply in relation to temporal and earthly sickness. So if he is the Lord who heals you, and he is that, it's not just what he does, but he is that, and he's revealing this is who I am, then this is how he is that eternally. Otherwise, he would just be that in a temporal way, and that would really be more what he does rather than who he is. Because sickness and disease is a temporal thing. It is here in our life, but there is no way that he could actually reveal himself as the God who heals, as being part of his character, if it was only in relation to something temporal. So we need to comprehend that he is the God who heals by something eternal. And that goes far beyond sickness. And that goes far beyond disease in relation to healing. And again, I preface this at the beginning. I'm not against that. The Lord has done that. And, you know, but if you want to know he who is Jehovah Rapha, you need to consider beyond temporal sickness and beyond temporal disease to know him because there's no way he would have revealed himself as this is who I am if it was based on something temporal. Okay? So we need to understand that there is someone to be known in an eternal way in relation to Jehovah Rapha that we can forever be receiving his healing by the cross and applying that and receiving the lamb and that which was slain on the cross so that it affects something not just in the temporal, not just, oh, I don't have a cold anymore, but I am not bitter anymore. The bitterness of pre-cross life is being removed from me. That which does not bring health can now then be bringing life. And the only way that can happen is by the cross. The only way there can actually be water turned from bitter to sweet, from death to life, is by the cross. Amen? So in us, the only way that we're ever going to have any change is through the cross. And we can know that in, oh, yes, that's spiritual. I understand those terms. But I'm saying there's an actual character and nature in this name that is what this is about. Okay? So you can actually know this in an ambiguous way. Oh, yes, yes, the cross is what put us to death and this and that, you know. And you can kind of just spout it off. Or you can actually realize he actually took the time to reveal himself in a particular name for the cross application to remove the death and bring life. And he did it way back, you know. So here it is. He's revealing himself in this way just what we need today and just what they needed then. And it went way beyond the actual momentary situation that they needed some fresh water, okay? Because God wouldn't take the time to reveal himself as somebody if it was all just based on Israel needing water 
this one instance, right? Okay, so let me read some here and um, just kind of listen along here. Um, The tree made the bitter water sweet. This tree refers to Christ and the cross. Christ is always present, even in a desert with bitter waters. We do not always see the tree, but until he reveals himself, we will not see him. Once we see his hand, him, the hand of our healer in our bitter waters, then those bitter waters become sweet. We need to see and acknowledge the hand of God working in our life, and that means possibly seeing him in the middle of a desert. We will grow bitter by our lack of true understanding if we do not see him. So, again, the bitterness that I'm talking about and that I believe that these waters represent are not bitterness of, you know, having an anger issue with somebody in particular festering over years. It is a festering of death for for a lifetime, really, is what our problem is. You know, we were born into death. But the bitterness was addressed even in a desert. So you may not actually be in some big glorious revelation of this you may actually find yourself in a severe lacking situation where you are not just in a wilderness but you are in a wilderness and you have not had water for days you have had no nourishment and you are you know beginning to panic because you i mean three days is a long time to go without taking a drink people a long time i don't know if that really can sink in but you know We don't just go doing that kind of thing because it's not healthy, okay? But God had led them. God had led them. And sometimes we don't comprehend everything that's going on in our life, and it doesn't make sense, and it's starting to get panicky because this actually is getting very personal. I haven't had water in three days. They were starting to probably freak out, okay? Um... I know that Abigail can't even go, you know, a couple hours without needing to guzzle a drink. Yeah. So he was he was leading them and pushing everything to the limit because he wanted them to know it's not just about this situation here. I want you to know that I can take care of the bitterness that rises up in you given the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, God had all of this in hand. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to just recognize all the time when you're in severe circumstances. Maybe not even severe circumstances outwardly, but perhaps inwardly. I know that I can have severe inward circumstances that... Nothing on the outward is going on. Everything's okay, okay? Um, but God is wanting to, uh, for us to recognize that he's bringing us through these things. And he wants us to know him in a particular way. He's not just doing it so that you can, you know, go, okay, well, you're the big shot. You can do whatever. You know, I get it now. It's not that. He's wanting to reveal himself so that we can know him in a personal, in an intimate way. 
And that is an eternal, I am the one that heals you. I am the one that heals not just your sickness in a temporal way, but you, shall we say, me, the sickness. He heals. Okay? Um, <laughs> because I can't heal myself, and you can't heal yourself, you know? So we need somebody beyond just a temporal sickness that can be our healer. Okay? And I don't know if you've ever, has anyone ever really genuinely considered knowing the Lord in a way in relation to healing that goes beyond temporal sickness? Has anyone ever thought of that? I mean, he is somebody, and he was that before the world began. So we do not define who he is. We can know him beyond what just manifests in, a, in an earth way. Okay? So, um, and in relation to that, the following scriptures I wrote down can reflect people who... Um, have had their heart turned towards the Lord in this kind of a way, um, despite bitter waters being saturated and surrounded by bitter waters, okay? And um, they actually eventually, like we can, recognize God's hand in the midst of being surrounded by bitter waters. And, um, you know, it doesn't just come automatically, so... Take heart. <laughs> you don't have to be super spiritual to, to still have him revealed as this is who he is. He is my healer, and I'm not sick. I am the sickness, you know, and he can heal that, and he can take that, you know, to the full extent by the cross until it is accomplished. Um, let's turn to a few scriptures. Um, that way everyone can look at these because these... Um, are very interesting in light of knowing the Lord as our healer, not having to do with actual medical sickness. Okay, uh, let's turn to Genesis 50. Genesis 50, verse 20. Let's see here. And this was um, this situation is Joseph's brothers coming in and finding out that Joseph was this head honcho in Egypt, okay? And realizing, oh my gosh, this is our brother who we sold as a slave to Egypt, and now he's going to get us, okay? Um, let's see here. Jennifer, can you read um, verse 20 and 21? Okay, so I guarantee that Joseph came to his bitter waters and didn't recognize the hand of the Lord probably at first either. Just like we may not recognize the hand of the Lord. But here it is. You can see his heart and saying, you know, I can now see the hand of God. I have been brought through. And Joseph was brought through a working of the cross. The Lord was able to work in him and change him, okay? And um, you can see his heart. You can see that nourishing that he says that he wants to do and that he says, fear not, 
Okay? So he's actually then being able to bring other people in to the life that he's been able to receive by the tree being applied to his bitter waters. Okay? So I think that's very, very cool that you can see the hand of the Lord and you can see that he was brought through a wilderness, so to speak, and bitter waters and things and all that he had to go through. And he actually, I believe, was able to know the Lord in this way, the one who is the healer, the one who heals by the cross being applied to the situation so that life comes forth. Um, All right, let's turn to Job chapter 1. And this situation, Job, um, you know, he was upright. He he feared the Lord, and he was trying to follow the Lord with his family. And um, we know what started coming against him, and he lost, you know, family and house and things. And um, let's see here. How about, uh, Nicole, can you read verse 20 and 21? So he is being able to come through, and we know that this isn't the end of Job. This is so much the beginning, and the Lord takes him through quite a process. But the process was so that he would know the Lord in a real, eternal way, not just in a temporal way. But the Lord was able to even then have a place in Job to where he didn't just, you know freak out all the time, you know, when something bad happened, but he could actually begin receiving from the hand of God, no matter what it dished out, so that he could then be brought to a place where he knew the Lord in reality. Because in the end of Job, he actually really had the Lord revealed to him that he never had before, okay? But the Lord was bringing him through a process, okay? Um, Let's see, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians. chapter 5 and Amber let's have you read 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18 we'll just read that one and this is Paul talking here and uh, Paul has gone through a lot and 1 Thessalonians 5 18 did First Thessalonians just appear in your Bible? That's okay. That's okay. Verse 18. 18? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... This is coming from somebody that could say that after having gone through tons of difficulties. Does anyone remember some of the things that Paul actually suffered and went through? 
Yeah, Margareta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being whipped? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there were so many things that he went through, and this is him being able to then say, in everything, give thanks. Now, I don't know. I I can say that Christ isn't fully formed in me to, to respond in that way yet, but he is capable of working in us in that way to remove all of the bitterness, all of the thing that produces death instead of life in us. So... I'm saying these things and giving references so that you can see, you know, in Scripture, people that went through things and by the hand of God came through and were able to declare the glory of God. Okay? They went through it. They didn't just, you know, skip along and, woohoo, this is great, you know. They went through it. And we go through it, man. At different times, different points, in different ways. But we all go through things. And the Lord wants to be able to have a way in us so that all bitterness, all that produces death and does not nourish, is eliminated so that life can come forth. And the way that that comes about is by the cross. And the reason the cross is the answer is because it's coming from somebody who is the one who heals. If he wasn't that, the cross would not be the same thing. It would not have the same work, okay? The cross did not have that work with all the other people that died on one. The cross had that work not just because he was sinless, but because before all of that existed, God is and was the one who heals and removes all of this bitterness. That's why it even has any power, it's not just about sin, because he was the God who heals before there was sin. He is the one that can bring life out of death, and that is why the actual cross has any effect. Okay, so it's not just enough for you to be able to say, oh, the cross is the answer. Why is the cross the answer? Oh, because he was sinless. No, not just that. It has power because it's It is coming from the life of someone who can take bitterness and turn it into life. And that is the source that Jesus was drawing from. That is the life that he is of, okay? So that is why the cross actually has this kind of an effect because it's coming from the being of who God is. And that he was drawing from his father. And that was how the life was that he was living in this earth. So it's not just... You know, some spiritual thing to say, well, the cross is the answer and I I need to be crucified in this area or this and that. It's that we need to understand that this is actually an aspect of his nature and character to be in relation to Jehovah Rapha. Not Jehovah Cross, (laughs) but Jehovah Rapha. And the means was by the cross, but it comes from the nature of somebody. And that is him. And we can know him in this way. And... That may actually answer some of the, the confusion that sometimes you have or the difficulty in grasping some spiritual concepts. You just go and you start knowing him who heals, and he will apply the cross as needed. 
he will throw that tree into that bitterness and turn it into something that can bring life. Okay? You don't have to get the whole deal of the cross. You just know him who is your healer. And he'll throw that tree into that bitterness. And he will do that work. And you can trust in that. So if you have a hard time with concepts or you have a difficult time, you know, wrapping your brain or whatever around some of these things, you don't have to mess with all that. You can just go and start saying, Holy Spirit, I really want to know Jehovah Rapha in this way. I've always just thought of him in relation to sickness, you know, but he's actually my healer in relation to me, the one that's broken. Um, Let's see here. I've got a few more things, but I really just want us to be able to understand that it's not about spiritual concepts and things like that. The cross has effect because it's coming from this person who is Jehovah Rapha. Okay? And that's why. That's why that time, that tree that he died on actually had effect. Okay? Because it was coming from a life of someone that can give a tree into bitterness and turn it into life. Um, Let's see here. A healing needs to take place in us by the cross um, for the lack that we have of life. Uh, The healing is of us, not just of some area, okay? So it's not just maybe an area that you struggle with or whatever. It is, it needs to be applied to us, the one who is bitter waters. It's not just, you know, sometimes, or I just have this area. We are bitterness apart from Christ. We are the bitter waters. Um, And you can see that in relation to, um, where are those verses? Uh, Is it Isaiah? I don't remember. Jennifer, maybe you remember, where it talks about broken cisterns, that it was said of us, uh, it's in one of the prophets. I don't remember. I didn't have time. I ran out of time to look up the verse. It says that we are broken cisterns that can hold no water. Are you familiar with that? Do you remember that? I can try and look it up if you don't, because it's it's a important one, and it's in relation to us being broken. Now, um, what that actually then relates to? Um, let's see here. Turn to Luke four eighteen while I'm looking this up. Okay, go ahead and um, let's see here. Who hasn't read yet? Margareta, you want to read Luke 4.18? Okay, so there... He is talking about um, that he has come to heal the brokenhearted, it says, in that one. Um, yeah, I found it. Um, Jeremiah 2.13 was the verse where uh, it talks about being prophesied. Um, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, 
the fountain of living waters and hewn out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Okay? So there's an actual brokenness. And I know we think of broken heart as something in relation to, you know, loving someone or I don't know, you know, that kind of a thing. But God didn't come to just heal the broken heart over, you know, some guy that broke up with you. (laughs) He can do that. But that's not, God wouldn't take the time, you know, Jesus wouldn't have expressed it if it was simply something like that because he's always coming from something eternal, okay? I'm not saying he doesn't care about that. He does. Um, But he wouldn't have said that in just speaking in something Temporal. He is always coming from an eternal place. Um, so in correspondence with that, uh, let's look at Psalm 147. Real quick, we're almost done. 147. Psalm 147.3. So I'm trying to make this point uh, in relation to what he heals in relation to brokenness. Uh, Psalm 147.3. And it's talking about what the Lord is building. He's building Jerusalem. He's talking about this corporate thing. And it says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Okay? So the Lord is trying to build something corporate. That is Jerusalem, his bride, of which we are a part of. And he is trying to heal the brokenness in our heart. That which cannot function. That which cannot operate in a right way. He has come to heal it. So even... Whether it manifests in relation to a broken cistern, which can hold no water, or any other method, he's come to be the healer of that brokenness. Um, Let's see here. There's a couple other scriptures that I just wanted to make mention of. Um, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if you want to write these two down. Second Chronicles 7.14 talks about healing our land. Okay? So there's, there is many different ways that Jehovah Rapha can, can come in and bring the cross and bring life. It talks about healing our land. Okay? So he's, he can heal our brokenness. He can heal our land. And then in Psalm 41.4, there's a lot in Psalms, and I, this is the only few that I'm going to get into Psalm 41.4, he heals our soul. Okay? So there's a lot that the Lord can do in relation to applying the cross by the one who heals. Not just the one who, you know, oh, you're just a bunch of messed up whatever, and I've just got to take it all out and put something new. It's No, he is bringing new life. When you get a wound and it begins to heal, new skin forms. A whole new system in that wound, comes over and makes it something new, okay? If you have a cut, the blood vessels, everything becomes new there. It's not just that something gets patched. Something actually new is formed and created out of that, and that's what the Lord does in our healing. Um, Let's see here. The last verses, I think, in James 5... We can turn there to James 5. I thought this was good. James 5, 13 through 16. 
Jennifer, you want to read that? Okay, now I know the church world in general uses that particular passage in relation to sickness, medical sickness. And again, I don't disagree with that. But consider this passage in relation to a sickness like of bitter waters, okay? Of the need for healing by the work of the cross, all right? Um, And that word in the very first uh, sentence there in verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? And normally we think of that in relation to, you know, in this kind of passage, we think of somebody that's sick. But like in the Strong's, I looked it up and here's a few of the words that it says. And this kind of gives more of an understanding then of how come he's asking you to pray and to receive healing. That word afflicted, here's three different um, words that go along with it. It means troubled, pressed as grapes, miserable. Okay, and that's what we are apart from Christ. That is what he is asking for us to to come and get prayer for and have Jehovah Rapha come in. If you're sick, let's let's gather as a body, just like if you have a wound, the body rushes to the aid. Okay, and and anoint it says and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And I really don't believe that that is simply just a a medical sickness, but that the the work of the cross will raise you up unto life as you're receiving that healing. Okay? So, um, and that's how come sins can be forgiven in that kind of situation, not because you just got healed from something medical, but because you're receiving true healing. Sins then become forgiven by the work of the cross. There's, you know, normally if you, you know, got sick and and the Lord healed you, normally we don't really associate forgiveness of sins with that kind of a situation. But here, the situation isn't necessarily or simply sickness in relation to medical. It is sickness in relation to needing the life and work of the cross by Jehovah Rapha. And that's how come then... Every bit of the work of the cross can actually start affecting our sins and and, um, things start actually lining up because the cross is actually being applied and received by faith. Um, So I just know that the Lord, he wants, he just wants to be known in in who he is. He doesn't want to just be known in something that we've always heard or just something temporal, okay? The temporal doesn't define who he is. He's not Jehovah Rapha because now there's sickness in the earth. He's not that. He's Jehovah Rapha because there is a healing that he wants to do that goes far beyond some kind of medical issue. It can take on and handle medical issues, but that's not who he is. He, he's not that because of medical issues. His healing, the characteristic of being the God who heals is the answer that we need in totality. 
And that's what he wants to be known as in all of these names. He just wants to be known in who he is in an eternal fashion, not just in a temporal fashion. So consider that and consider that the Lord may bring you, just like Israel, by his hand into a wilderness and maybe even take you to the max, like Amber and Josiah were saying, the max limit that you have humanly possible because he's wanting to reveal himself and he's wanting you to truly know him and not just, you know, take it for granted. Oh, I've got a drink of water, you know, but he wanted them to really know him and he wanted them to know that he is the healer based on the work of the cross. He could have just given them water, but that wasn't it. He wasn't just about trying to give them water. He was about them knowing him because that was his whole purpose. They were becoming a nation in knowing him and being his people, not just a people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she began entering in and believing and having faith that this he was the answer. And I think that's why she knew that she could just touch his garment and receive the life that she needed because she didn't stop and ask for prayer or, you know, whatever. She had faith to know he's the answer, not what he's got or what he can do, but he's my answer. And that's how she received her healing. No, I believe that's totally right in there. Uh, does anyone else have any comment? Yeah. Amen. I mean, I'm just truly blessed because it it makes sense when you realize that the God who heals you is not simply based on something temporal but it's based on something eternal and the cross is right there you know and he's wanting to reveal himself and he knows that the answer is the healing that comes through the cross you know that heals the bitter waters that we have and puts it away and there was no bitterness left and all of israel was nourished just like joseph had said in the passage we read in genesis that that you may be nourished you know He went through that and allowed, I believe, this Lord to work in him to the point where then he could nourish all those people, all his kindred. And that is, that is the work of life then, you know, in us by the one that's the healer. Does anyone else have anything? Mm Mm-hmm.